Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. If you're in the room, if you're here today, if you're online and you know that we need to break out of the plan of heaven in our nation, in our world, can we just invite his presence to show up and to speak to us? Can we invite his peace, his grace, his plan to prevail? When it feels like all of hell has broken loose, heaven is about ready to break out. Maybe for your life, I believe in it for our nation, for this world, for our city, for this church, and for you. When hell seems like it's up to its worst, it's a perfect opportunity for a breakout of heaven because the spirit of heaven lives on the inside of you. There's an eternal hope. And here we are as the church, bringing hope and healing to the world around us. Let's pray. Those online, we love you. Let's pray. All lean in. Lord, we love you. We need you. We desire more of your presence and not just so we can have an emotional feel in a moment of worship, but so that we can heal. Your presence brings healing. Your presence brings joy. In the midst of pain and heartache, in the midst of strife, your presence brings unity. We're praying your grace over us, your grace on us, your grace working through us to the world around us. Lord, we're crying out for healing in our nation, healing in our city, restoration in Kansas City, healing and restoration in our lives. We will settle for nothing less than your best for our lives in the here and now. God, use us to change the world around us. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we celebrate you. And Jesus, we are dependent on you. We're leaning into you like never before. In your holy name, we pray. Those online, in the room, if you're excited to be in church and a part of the best thing going, which is the body of Christ on the earth, can I get an amen? Amen. Side prayer. God, bring confusion into the enemy's camp of all the AFC teams playing today. If they're injured, that might be your will. And so we thank you that the Chiefs will. We just need another. We believe in the God of the double portion. We'll take two Super Bowls in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, it's all right to have fun in church. All right, grab your seat. Great to see you today, North and online. As always, could not have picked a better week for fasting and prayer. God knew what we needed. I was fasting and praying for God to heal, restore, fresh vision. At this rate, I might have to, like, maybe never eat again. The five of you that have a sense of humor, that's glad that you're here. With all that's going on, let's just, let's just be honest, so much dividedness, so much pain and heartache and malice towards each other, strife. Where does that come from? That is, that is not just a political thing. That's a, that's, a, that's a ploy of the enemy. Every time the enemy looks like he's winning, it is a divine setup for God to bring revival, restoration, and healing. Do you know that God is not surprised? He sees everything going on. I don't believe God's pleased, but God's not surprised. God's not up there like, oh man, I did not see this coming. I was not paying attention. No, God already has a plan. 
and the plan, which might blow our minds. The plan is you and me. The plan is the body of Christ, not Hillsong, Kansas City. It's the believers, not just in our nation. It's around the world. It's the global movement of Jesus is the plan of heaven to bring peace, to bring change, to bring healing. I do not care which side of the political divide you choose to lean on. We do not worship or lean in for our, 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 our help from a political system. We live according to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so just maybe we need a reminder that when every other solution that man tries to present fails, God has a solution that never fails. That's why it's so important to live according to Colossians 3. We don't look to what's here and now. We shift our perspective. We look to the things above. Uh, what we're seeing around us, we might not like, but when we look to the right thing, we look to the heavenly things, Oh, then we can have a hope. Then we can have a peace. And we have a plan. There's a plan from heaven to heal. There's a plan from heaven to save. There's a plan from heaven to change the world around us. Quit looking at earthly things for solutions. Your focus needs to be on the heavenly things. You have a higher calling. You have a holy calling. It's to not go to church. And I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're online, but it's to be the church because the help and healing that is going to happen in the world is going to happen through us. I don't say that in pride. I say that because that's the plan of God. And I want to speak today about back to plan A. We are going back to plan A. God has one plan. It's Jesus and his church. One plan, one plan. Plan B through Z is never going to work. But we can get in on plan A. We go back to plan A. Every good and lasting work God wants to do can become a reality in this world. Do you believe it? Can I get a little more attention, action, and excitement in this place? Because I believe revivals are about ready to happen. Amen. There is a hope for humanity. His name is Jesus. Jesus works through you. You have a great commission to seek and save the lost. This is what matters the most. It's the church of Jesus Christ doing the most that we can do with our limited abilities and gifts, but with his unlimited grace and power. And when we walk according to plan A, which at the end of the day, what is it about? All that matters, Jesus and people. Can we get back to that? It's so simple. I'm not saying it's always easy, but it's so simple. I, I know it's easy to get distracted, but it's so simple if we can keep our focus right. It is all about Jesus and people. Had a totally different message prepared this week, and uh, God just decided to go a different route. So I hope you like his plan A and not my plan B, because we're going back to plan A, Jesus and people. Amen. In 33 AD, there were a very small number of believers. Jesus had died and resurrected. The Bible tells us that he met with a few people, potentially up to about 500 or so. But if you really look at it, those that really believed and obeyed, because there's a difference between saying you believe something and actually walking in faith and obedience, there was about 120 that showed up in what we would call the upper room. On that Pentecost, there was the mighty sound of heaven that just showed up there. Sound of a rushing wind. There's about 120 that stuck to the plan. There's about 120 
out of the 500, out of the thousands that Jesus ministered to, there was about 120 that stayed committed to his commands. And they received a different spirit than anything on the earth. They got a hold of this Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit changed them. The Holy Spirit worked through them. The Holy Spirit brought revival. And guess what? That Spirit is alive and well in you and me. Let's get off the sidetrack and get on the main thing. Let's go back to plan A. It is Jesus and people. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Sometimes they're waiting for me to pray again. And I've been praying all week. (laughs) And uh, we're going to have a great time tonight at Heart and Soul. Uh, those that can't be in the room, um, be online. It's going to be great. We're going to roll out all that God wants to do in this next season for us as a church. And we are going to pray, and we are going to praise. All week we've been talking about unlocking something. We've been unlocking prayer. We've been unlocking praise. We've been unlocking perspective. Uh, we've been unlocking, I want to unlock the plan. And uh, for some of you that have grown up in church, this is going to seem a very basic and beginning, but the, it's the building blocks of our faith that we get in right order produce a real strength. And so if we don't have the foundation set in our faith, we'll fall for anything. And some of us have been guilty of that. And we need to, and this is, I know it sounds, because maybe you grew up in a church where this word was used to put you down, the word repent. I got real quiet in here. But maybe we need to Repent. Repent isn't a, a, a condemning church word. It's a Jesus word. And it says, hey, you missed it, so now get in alignment. Hey, just make the change. And the grace is sufficient for you to change. And so if we can come back to the basics, Jesus and people, we can see the plan of heaven prevail. Not just for our world, but for your world. There is a plan. We're going back to plan A. There's about 120 believers. And yet within 300 years, the 120 had turned the whole Roman Empire upside down. How many think our world, our nation is wrong side up right now? Well, guess what? 120 committed to the plan can turn around an empire. Guess what? We can turn around the world as well. In fact, Caesar became a believer in those 300 years. Now there's about 2 billion people that would profess Jesus is my savior. Well, pastor, we don't know if they're really saved. I don't know if you're really saved, but that's what they say. And, and so I think it's pretty amazing that, 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 that the 12 apostles, minus one, 11, and, and then the 120 over time committed to the plan, prevail with such power, prevail with such spread. And it's not like Christianity was popular. It was actually illegal. Martyrdom was a normal thing. Persecution was a daily thing. And yet somehow, because they kept it about Jesus and people, it's touched the whole world. It's touched us here in the middle of America. Think about the power of the plan when the right people get lined up going in the right direction. The main thing is the main thing. It's Jesus and people. This is plan A. That, that early church, they had an authentic faith, a faith that cost them something, a faith that meant everything to them. It wasn't just words, and it wasn't Sunday attendance. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're tuning in. But it was a lifestyle of their week, of their life. It was their life goal to live a life worthy of the calling to which they've been called. And guess what? You've been called by God. And so they walked according to the plan. They kept it about Jesus, and they kept it about people, and they turned the whole world right side up. God's way. The plan A church, we see it in Acts 
the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And sometimes if you want to get to God's best, you have to go back to the basics. You have to go back to the beginning. And that's the book of Acts. Jesus is resurrected. Jesus is meeting with some of his team, some of his followers. And he says, hey, I have a plan for you. This is what I need for you to do. Acts 1 verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, And eating right now sounds amazing, Jesus. I can't wait to do that soon. He gave them this what? What's the word say? Command. He gave them a a command. In other words, I, I would like you to think about this. Hey, maybe think about doing this. No, 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 no. This is what I need from you. Don't leave. Don't leave this city. I know you're under persecution. I know it's all gone. It seems like a mess. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. In other words, this isn't new, but God's going to do something. I told you this was going to happen. Just like Jesus also told us that in this life, we're going to face trials. Jesus says that there's a day when everyone's going to turn against everybody else. But guess what? I still have a plan. Don't don't leave and go do your own thing. I need you to stay. I'm commanding you to, to wait for the one that I've promised You need to do this so that you can have this promise in your life. And of course, what a blessing it was to those that were in the upper room. But what we come to find out right from the very beginning, it wasn't just for them. I want to tell you this. The plan has a path and the path is very simple. The path is this. Be committed to Jesus's commands. If the believers in this room Those online right now, if we could just do this, we would accomplish so much. Be committed to his commands. Jesus says in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. How many people say, I love Jesus? You can raise your hand in church, even if you grew up in a church where that was illegal. If you love Jesus, we keep to what he says for us to do. None of us are going to be perfect in that. But the more we pay attention to it and make it a priority, the more his plan prevails in our life. We've been reading through the Bible. We've been in the book of Matthew uh, this this week. And and, and I just have some things that popped out of me. There's some commands in there. In Matthew 4, live a life of repentance. In other words, you don't just repent once. You got to always keep getting course correction. Jesus says also in Matthew 4, hey, follow me. Don't follow your own way. Follow my way. Let your light shine. That's in Matthew 5. Make things right with people. Don't give in to lust. Be be true to your word. Be a truth teller. Go the second mile for people. Love your enemies. That's all Matthew 5. Don't don't just have a public faith. Have a private devotion as well. Matthew 6. Give out of generosity towards the eternal things. Seek God's kingdom. All Matthew 6. Don't judge people. Matthew 7, pursue God, have a life that pursues God, ask, seek, and knock. There's a reward if you obey that command. Do unto others, Matthew 7, the golden rule. Do unto others, which everyone universally, whether they believe in Jesus, thinks that's a good way to live. In fact, Jesus says this is the only way to live. And in fact, if you want to simplify the plan down to anything, this is it. I love how the message says it in Matthew 7, verse 12. Here's a simple rule of thumb guide for your behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. In other words, what would I like in life? And then grab the initiative and do it for them. 
If you add up all of God's laws and all the prophets proclaim, in fact, everything you've been told to do and you put it together, it would equal this. This is what you would get. In other words, it is Jesus and people. This is what matters the most. And Father, forgive us when we've gotten so sidetracked on agendas and accusations and strife and disunity. We can solve all that by following the path. Guess what? It's not that hard. It's not that hard to know what you're supposed to do. It's not always easy to do it. But that's why the grace of God is so sufficient for us, that when we miss it, we didn't miss it because he allows us the opportunity to go again. And many of us have missed it. In 2020, we might have missed it. But 2021, ah, there's new mercy. There's new grace for today. It ain't that hard to know what I'm supposed to do. And I don't know about you, but that's just like the beginning of the New Testament. The Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, these are the narratives and biography about the life of Jesus. We're not even like eight chapters in. The first half of the first book, I don't know about you, but I got more than enough to work on in my life right there. Everything I just proclaimed, every command of Jesus, I got to get to work on those things. It's actually pretty simple, this path that we're called to walk And the beauty of it is that we get to walk by the grace of God and we get to do it together. It's not that hard. Jesus commanded, hey, wait and pray. Wait and pray. Yet only 120 made it. They made it, they obeyed it, and they got it. What'd they get? The right spirit, the right heart, the gift from God that God wanted to give to them. They got the promise that Jesus proclaimed, the Holy Spirit. Guess what? As believers today in this new covenant life that we live, you have the Holy Spirit. If we can stay, if we can stay connected, if we can, can stay committed to plan A, if we can stay in grace, if we can stay in love, if we can stay keeping it about Jesus and people, guess what? We can have more of that spirit at work in us, working through us. Got to catch the right spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, this was the day they were waiting for. They were all together in one place. Of course, that is speaking about proximity, but you and I already know that they had a special unity as well. It wasn't based upon their upbringing. It wasn't based upon political agendas. It was based upon believing in Jesus and obeying Jesus. And they did that. They were united around just a couple of things. And in that unity, God did something so beautiful, so powerful. It is still shaking on the earth today. The movement of Jesus is happening for those that can obey the commands, can get on the path, they can stick to the plan. Unity is the only way in which God will work and where he commands his blessing. What's under attack right now in our nation? It's not a political ideology that's under attack. It's not a system and structure of government. What's under attack right now is unity. What's under attack in the American church? Unity. I had a great opportunity just Friday to spend time with two of my good pastor friends in in the city. And man, we're, we're talking about everything we've been facing. And all of the things are the same. And yet we united in prayer in that moment. I tell you, the Holy Spirit showed up. 
and I was encouraged and they were encouraged. And, and it was just a good reminder to me. It's all I'm so proud of our church and so excited for all God is doing through our church. I love that you're a part of this spiritual family and community, but we got something bigger to do in the city. It ain't about us. It's about Christ in us, the hope of glory for the world that's around us. What did Jesus pray over his disciples? And I don't think Jesus is gonna pray a prayer that he doesn't plan on answering. Right before he goes to the cross, Lord, make them one. Not uniformity. You don't have to look like me, talk like me, vote like me. You don't have to have the same hot point issues as me, agenda as me. No, 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 no. Where we need to be united is very simple. If you can commit to plan A, Jesus and people, then we can get a whole lot done on the earth and it will last. Listen, what we do together will last for eternity. Lord, make them one as you and I are one. Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a noise like a strong blowing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something like flames of fire that were separated and stood over each person there like beautiful ginger hair. <laughs> they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages by the power of the Holy Spirit that was given to them. They, 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 they walked the path. They obeyed the commands. They, they, they did what Jesus asked, and then they got a new spirit, and then they got a power. The, the, the plan has power. A couple of us getting together can maybe accomplish some, some things. Uh, we, can, we can do a DIY project. We can sign some petitions. We, we, can, we can post all the same things on social media. We can repost what someone else had posted. Oh, and we might accomplish a, a little bit, but when we stick to the plan, there's a divine power. You might make change in one little thing, but when we live according to the plan and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can change everything that God wants to change. You know, some of you have one connection, but you need two. The other day I was working on a lengthy email uh, for whatever reason I was doing it on my phone. And the staff will know, anyone that knows me well here, I have a lot of typos in my life, Okay. It's not that I don't know how to spell. It's just that I just go pretty quickly and my grammar gets all crazy. And so I was just trying to correct it. It was an important email. I needed to make sure it was worded right. But I was running low on battery. So I plugged in the lightning cord right to my, my iPhone and my kids needed something. So I, I set it down and I went and helped them. And I came back and, and my phone was dead. And I'm like, well, why? I had it plugged in, but the problem was I didn't have it plugged into the wall. <laughs> and some of you, you have one connection, but you need two. The connection you need is, A, you need the power of God that comes from the Holy Spirit. But you also need to be connected to the family of faith because it's in the believers that where your weakness is actually shown to be a strength. That we collaborate together in this thing that the church called, the, the New Testament calls the body of Christ. And if there's a missing piece, we're missing that. And guess what? You're missing out on being connected to the thing you were always meant to be connected to. And so some of us have one connection. We've got a relationship with Jesus. But we don't have a connection with a relationship with the church family. In other words, we're not in the same mission, the same plan together. Some of us are showing up in church, but our intimacy with the Holy Spirit is lacking. And you need to be plugged into both. 
You will not function a way that God intended you to function, and the destiny will go unfulfilled if you don't get connected to what God's doing on the earth and what he's speaking to you and wanting to fill you and renew you and empower you for the mission he's called you to, preaching a whole lot better than you're letting on today. But I know you've been fasting. I know you've been praying, so I'm gonna let it slide. There's power from God when we walk in his plan. Acts chapter two, verse 43, everyone, not just the church, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and miraculous signs that were done by the apostles. Well, Pastor Kyle, that's the apostles. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. That, the same presence and power of God is in you. And the presence and power of God is not there for us to have some sort of charismatic experience in a church service when they play the right worship song that we like. The power of God is to bring change to the world around us and put the world, even the unbelieving world, in awe of what he is doing. And guess what? The plan isn't a private club. Hello, church. Come on, Kansas City. This is not us versus them. This is for everyone. It's Jesus and people, and it's for everyone. And they all, verse 4, begin to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave each of them power to express themselves. Spiritual language, I believe in heavenly language as a gift of the Holy Spirit. But what happened here in this moment was a gift to be able to speak in the languages of other people. What other people? The people who were God-fearing but not Jesus-connected. In other words, they wanted to be close to God, but they didn't have Jesus. And they had come from all over the globe to be there for this time, this moment, and this festival. And so God, in his incredible plan, took a small group of people and showed up with a mighty wind and a falling fire and a language connection to those that needed it the most. It was for everyone. And they spoke the language of the people on the streets. That's what it says here, verse 5. There were religious Jews staying in Jerusalem who had come from every country in the world. Man, our unity can have a much more of a world impact than you even know. And when they all heard this noise, what's the noise they heard? They heard the noise of the mighty rushing wind. And a large crowd gathered. They were all excited because all of them heard the believers talking in their own languages. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed, these people are talking less, but they're Galileans. Which is kind of a diss, by the way. Like they're country folk is what they're saying. How is it that all of us are hearing them speak in our own native tongues? There's three miracles that we see in the upper room. One is the sound from heaven. One is that mighty rushing wind. The other is the falling of fire that appeared over not just one, not just the preacher, over everyone who was participating in the plan and following the path. The power showed up over everyone. And then they began to speak in the language of the people that were around them, but they weren't, weren't with them yet. Same miracle God wants to do as we stick to plan A. It's Jesus and people. A loud noise. Our church needs to be a resonating sound of heaven in all of the confusion and chaos, animosity and strife. We need to be a sound of God's grace, God's goodness, forgiveness, peace for all people. Grace is sufficient for you. We got to get our sound right. So the people will come and say, hey, uh, I, I want to be with, close to God, but I, I, I'm not connected with Jesus yet. And then there was the fire that fell. Visible marks of an inward enthusiasm. In other words, they were marked by God's presence. They looked different than the world around them. And they spoke 
in a way that the people could understand that spiritual gift, the gift of many languages. How amazing is that? Why did God do that? He wanted to connect with culture. He wanted to connect with the world that didn't know yet. All of us, verse 11, hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things God has done. What are the great things God has done? Oh, he sent his one and only son who died on the cross so everyone could be free from their sin and shame and live forever with their heavenly father. That's the great, that's the good news. That's the great thing God has done. And when we learn to get in unity and we learn to follow this plan A, when we get on the path and we stay connected and we get that power at work within us, it no longer becomes about an agenda or a worldview that we might have. It becomes how does God view the world. He is looking for the lost and the hurting, and he's designed you and I to be positioned in place and participating together to bring hope and healing to the world that's around us. We need a sound of heaven in this house. We need to be marked visibly to the world around us by what God's doing invisibly on the inside of us, and we got to speak the language of the culture because what happens in the very first church service doesn't stay in the building. The very first Holy Spirit church service leaks out into the streets, and that's what God is focused on. Not that we all get together and just get along. No, that we get on with the greatest thing going on the earth. Salvation for humanity is the gift we receive, and we have the opportunity to help give it to other people. The plan isn't just for us. It's for us to bring the sound and the fire and the plan of heaven to people. In the plan... Everybody participates. Everyone has a place. It says in verse 14, then Peter stood up and said, Peter? Really, Jesus? You're going to use Peter? Peter, who before the power came, was denying you, was betraying you. If you read the story, was cursing you. And yet he says, no, 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 I can use anybody. In fact, I'm going to even take the one everyone else would give up on, and I'm going to call him the leader. Hey, good news for you and me. No matter how far off the plan we have gone, Jesus says, no, you could still be an influencer. You could still be a leader. My grace can catch you right back up and get on with what God wants to do in your life. Peter, hey, says these people are not drunk. Because that was what they, are these people drunk? What's going on here? I mean, they're having so much fun. They're so fanatical that they've got to be on some sort of substance. They're not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Peter's like, give me some more time. I'm fasting. No, he says, this is what God wanted to say. This is what God wanted to do. This was plan A. I want to pour out my spirit on who? On who? Can you guys read today? On who? Everyone. That's hangry me, by the way. I'm not trying to. Please forgive me. I'm hangry. Father, forgive me. On everyone, your sons and daughters. How many of you say, hey, I, uh, I'm a son. I, I had a dad or a daughter. I had a dad or mother. Yeah, oh, okay, that's all of us. We'll proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women, if you understand first century world, this is a big deal. This is for everyone. Men and women, I will pour my spirit in those days and they will all proclaim my message. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. 
sons and daughters, young and old, men and women. That includes everyone. Every one of us is called to be used by God, to proclaim the message. Our ministry is the message, and we have to keep it the main thing of what we live for and what we believe. And when we do that, what happens is salvation comes to everyone. So if you're 16 year old, years old, you're a proclaimer. 66 years old, you're a proclaimer. My six-year-old son is learning. Be a proclaimer. Be a person that lives for the mission and the message of Jesus. I love that they're like, hey, is this a party? Are y'all drinking? Because y'all weird right now. You're a little different. I love, I think the plan is a little bit like a party and everyone's invited. I think it's family. I think it should be fun. I have fun in church when you guys respond. <laughs> they took part in fellowship, verse 42, and sharing fellowship meals and praying together. I love how the contemporary English version says, they were like a family to each other. God sent Jesus his son because he wanted a family. And now us, sons and daughters of the most high God, we need to grow the family. They were like family to each other. And the message in Acts 2, 44 says they lived in wonderful harmony. Oh, that is a far cry from what our nation is facing. But the plan of heaven, the family of heaven, the family of faith, this spiritual community, this is like wonderful harmony. Last week I spoke about you're as close to Jesus, you're as close as you want to be. Online viewers, we love that you're, you're leaning in. Hey, we love it. When you feel ready to come back into the room, we're going to make space for you. But even though we might be separated by proximity, maybe we're separated by upbringing or education, maybe we're separated by political beliefs or views, there's still a place and a plan for you. There's a space for you to occupy and to reach people if we keep focusing on what matters the most. I'll tell you this, though. The plan has a price. Bible says, in view of the mercies of God, I offer my body a living sacrifice. That's speaking about purity, but I think it's a great mindset for us to carry. In view of what the price that was paid for me, there is no price too great that I won't give to my God. Grace is free, but growing the kingdom requires sweat effort. It requires uncomfortable conversations. It requires getting out of your shell. And sometimes it even requires sacrificial generosity that we're all teamed in this thing called the kingdom of God together for the mission of God, which is Jesus and people. If we can keep it simple, if we can secure the connection, God will do miracles among us, miracles through us, miracles for us, and will take us to new places of momentum. I, I always believe when things are at their worst, it's like it's gone over here so far. It's leaning on this side so far. But it's in that moment where it's like God does a tipping point. You've ever seen something that was teetering on the edge and all it just took was a little bit. It didn't lean over more. It completely fell to the ground. And this world system is never going to work. It might make some improvements. It might bring some change. But every eternal and lasting change just has to be a God thing. And God already has a plan A. It is the church. It is you and I keeping it about him and keeping it about others. And if we would do that in this plan, there's unbelievable possibility. There's exponential growth. There's this thing we just sang about and saying we've always been contending for. There's this thing called revival. It's happened in our nation before. 
we're singing and declaring, Lord, would you do it again? There's unbelievable opportunity if we get this right, or we can miss the plan. We could get into our politics, we can get into our preferences, and we can get into our own personal little world and miss the big, beautiful thing God wants to do in the world that's around us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 47 says, people liked what they saw. People liked what they saw. This ain't talking about church folk. These are people that did not believe in Jesus. When they saw the church, they liked what they saw. When people don't think like you or act like you or look like you, when they see you, do they like what they see? Well, when you allow Christ to work through you, when you're a person of grace, when you're a person of forgiveness, when you're not putting people on blast, but you're looking to bless, and you're living that way, people will like what they see. Because people love humility. And if there's any characteristic we can grab a hold of Jesus is he's both bold and humble. He's not backing down, but he's not trying to break down anybody. He's blessing people. And the numbers grew as they added to those who were saved. Go into all the world, Jesus says. Preach. Stay in your own world. Go. Start in your own city, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. This isn't a, a, a thing just for us. This is for everyone. Everyone is invited. Some of us, listen, we're so worried about the status of the nation, and we should be worried, and it should drive us to more prayer and more repentance and maybe more fasting, more praying, more believing. God, we need your healing. We're so worried about the nation and the issues of our world. We keep looking to the everything going around in the world. We are looking to the every and we're missing the one. Do you want to know how revival really happens in this plan A of God? It's every one of us making our decision to keep it as simple as possible. Jesus and people. And that to every one we reach. We're, we're trying to get God to change the whole nation. But what God is actually asking you is change the life of one person. If you would live that way, that's how the 120 from the upper room turned the whole world upside down is because they weren't focused on all the problems of the world. They were focused on meeting a problem that one person had. How can I help one? How can I pray for one? How can I bless one? How can I reach one? How can I invite one? And one by one, the world will be changed. It's as simple as this. In this plan, at the end of the day, Jesus and people. In this plan, there is a part for you. I think God can and will do it without you. He just doesn't want to. He's chosen to include you in the best and only thing that's going on for eternity. It's the plan of Jesus and it's the people of God. It's you and me. There's a part for you. What's your unity look like? What's your forgiveness look like? What's your personal devotion look like? What's your what's your obedience to the path? How are we doing with the commands? I'm not saying that legalism, I'm saying that in grace, because there's always the opportunity just to get better and better and better tomorrow. How are you taking care of your devotion to Jesus? And you'll see how good you're connected there by how well you love here. This is how change the world. It is Jesus and people. Stand your feet on and pray for your church. There's a line leading in for a moment. If there is
is a shift to happen in this fractured world of ours. It starts by letting him shift and change the fractures in our heart. Father, forgive us. Anytime we've ever tried to make a plan work, it wasn't your plan. Father, forgive us. Every time we try to put our trust in anything other than you and your love and your grace, Father, unite us. Bring us together like never before so you could do something that you've always want done. Lord, anoint us with the power to love, even sacrificially, this broken world around us. Lord, connect us with your power that is made perfect in our weakness. Lord, we've been fasting and praying for restoration, revival, and healing. Would you unlock your plan? Give specific next steps to every heart, every believer. Lord, I thank you they would not find rest until they find peace with you. And they would not find that peace until they would step into that purpose that you've called them to. So Lord, I thank you you're giving divine direction and assignment of those one or two places where they need to make a change. And Lord, by your grace and by your might and by your power, as we change one by one, we will change the lives of the world around us in Kansas City one by one, in this region one by one, in this nation one by one, and this world. And just like you did it with the 120 people that stayed according to the plan, we believe the plan of God will prevail in our nation and in this world because we are fully committed to you. Lord, thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for all that you are doing, and thank you for all that is yet to come. Wherever you're at right now, let's just take a moment. Let's lock in this message with some worship, with some surrender, and with a declaration of your heart. God, forgive me for what I got my focus wrong. I'm putting my attention on you, the faithful one, the only one, the mighty one, the healing one, the resurrected one, the coming again one, the one empowering me by his spirit. I want all of you. I will do all you've called me to do in the world that's around me. Come on, church, let's pray together.